0: Aboard the battleship Pretension, I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bat, and thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing?
1: Uh, um. Well, this episode uh, is said, brought to you by Mobi, a Curated <laughs> no, Online. No, no. Oh, okay. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Okay. About different things, I'm on Tenterhooks. Oh, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I finally ordered the sound absorbent panels and the rug That's and to keep my voice from bouncing off the walls uh, when we do this podcast was again something that only bothers you and me apparently no one has ever mentioned that the sound quality changed when you moved but it drives me crazy it bothers us
0: enough though like it yeah. really does get to me and now you also bought a rug right yeah. have
1: you purchased that
0: rug yeah oh boy
1: the, everything's uh, en route oh man I can't um, wait by, yeah, so uh, I should have a next episode oh.
0: Listeners, let us know if you notice any difference at all. Oh,
1: we'll, we'll call your attention to Absolutely. it, for sure. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by
0: Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only eight ninety nine a month. Plus, when you, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Right now, Mubi is doing a series called Acting Like a Child, featuring movies with tremendous performances by children currently available are carol reads the fallen idol which um uh, who is that
2: oh uh, i just saw that
1: yes just at the egyptian yeah right I couldn't how was it? it did you like it
2: more than the first time yeah i really liked it okay so listeners watch it twice there you go
0: um and it stars <laughs> that is a dumb thing i just said i'm sorry yeah. Starring you only Bob- need one account one movie account to watch it twice Hey, no, 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 you need several. What are you doing, man? Come on. All right. right. Uh, So it stars uh, Bobby Henry as a boy who suspects his beloved butler of murder, which actually, when I read that, I I had no idea what it was about, and it sounds delightful. Uh, Also available right now is uh, René, is it Clément? Yeah. Okay. I want to be, like, super French about it. René Clément's Forbidden Games. About two young children who choose to... I I love Forbidden Games. I saw it many years ago, and I think it's great. It's about uh, two young children who uh, choose to combat a climate of fear with imagination, but it is also... At times, deeply disturbing. It's not quite as whimsical as it would make as that would make it sound. Uh, so these are just two of the great films currently available on movie and there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try movie uh, free for a month. Just go to movie.com dot com. That's M U B I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now, or click on the ad at BattleshipPretension dot com.
1: And I want to tell you about audio dot com. That's where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles. In colorful colors. They look great and they sound great. Tyler and I both use them each and every day of our lives. Um, You know what I was was listening to this week? What's that? More Judas Priest. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I've been on kind of a kick lately because they put out a new album, which is surprisingly good for a legacy act Mm -hmm. new album, you know, uh, 30 years after their, you know, heyday. Um, And so I've been listening to the new Judas Priest and listening to a lot of old Judas
0: Priest. I was listening Uh, to the score from Columbus as I was walking around the UCLA campus one last time. And it was very, it was very... Very melancholy, yet yeah, beautiful. The score from
1: 1492. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, tweakedaudio.com. They're great for listening to all sorts of bullshit, obviously. Um, and they're available at a low, low price over at tweakedaudio.com. These earbuds are. Uh, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com, pick out your earbuds, Be real careful. Get all the ones you want. Friends and family. Christmas is right around the corner. And then when you get done, don't be hasty. Make sure to put in the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit.
2: 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com.
1: Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Absolutely. We this episode is brought we to you by movie a curator. Um, we Sorry. have guests um, who uh, you've already heard at least one of them talk. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. That's Tyler's on autopilot this episode. So it just completely
0: <laughs> fades out of my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have so much to talk about, yeah. Um, Movie-wise and other and otherwise, but uh, we've got uh, Battleship Retention Editor at Large Scott Nye. Howdy! And in order of importance, she's a Film Data Coordinator <laughs> at Variety Insight and the wife of Scott Nye. What? <laughs> Julie Sestovich. Hello,
3: wife. Wife.
1: <laughs> well, this is uh, this is this is a banner day yeah. for Battleship Retention or. A couple of Saturdays ago was yes yeah. yes it was um, congratulations thank
3: you it was yeah. a really fun wedding yes. I wrote
1: I wrote do not congratulate um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, topical joke topical joke. very topical
1: Tyler's trying that to pay attention right. to politics so he okay. probably oh, doesn't know the do not congratulate joke yeah yeah okay. um, no uh, yeah we all got to have fun at uh, at your wedding. Um, you probably guys probably had more fun, but uh, <laughs> I had quite a bit of fun. It's not yeah. a contest. It's hard to <laughs> um, this one is it, okay. It, wow. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a terrific time. Um, thank you for inviting us. Of course, oh.
3: thanks for having not have it any
1: other way. So many battleship pretension luminaries. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was us, and then who else? Ian was there. Ian, Josh, Kyle, Kyle. Kyle.
3: Yeah, that's a bad <laughs> Jake.
1: Yeah, Jake's okay. been on the show. He's yeah, been on the show. Right. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, Under- yeah, <laughs> <quite> <laughs> maybe not a luminary graduated right? to luminary yeah. status yeah um, anyway yeah thanks for inviting us to the wedding the listeners are I'm sure so sad they missed out. There was so much be. dancing.
3: It was a very intimate um, affair, so don't yes. feel too bad.
1: It was uh, like uncomfortably
2: so.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, like That's you, what were, we were you going guys for.
2: really kissed too long. Yeah, <laughs> up there, perfect. There
1: was perfect. some grabbing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there were also your wedding happened right after I had like made uh, your wedding weekend after I'd like made the decision to try to cut back on, uh, sugar. And that didn't work out that oh, well. Yeah. That weekend because oh, you had, were you, had your,
2: we, <laughs> we warned you dinner. well in advance <laughs> yeah. that yeah. her sister, who is a professional bakery, baker, baker, yeah. baker pastry chef, pastry is the chef, term. Yes. uh, would be making the desserts. Yeah. So you, you were picked warm. the
3: wrong weekend. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. yeah, but I, yeah, I've, I've done well chef. since then. Okay, that's it, good. I definitely yeah. fell off the wagon that weekend with the cookies at your rehearsal dinner. And also, yes, the delicious treats, Uh, Was it There was one that was like A Twix brownie right
0: Oh yeah
3: Oh
1: boy Oh god (laughs) Uh, If you could
0: uh, Email
3: It's just Duncan Hines Hines Mix Oh is it really It's Duncan Hines mix You layer in Some Twix And then you drizzle caramel on She did make the caramel homemade But Oh wow That sounds like a lot of work. It's just sugar, turns out. You just like (laughs) put sugar on the stove and it turns into caramel. It's so funny talking to her about it because she's like exasperated when I don't understand how baking works. Like I asked, she's like, okay, so buy like semi-sweet chocolate morsels. I'm like, are chocolate chips okay? She's like, ugh. I mean, I guess. She was just very exasperated.
1: (laughs) Now what I know about making caramel, and all I know is just from watching Chopped, is that, yeah, you put it on the stove. And then you go do other things and you forget about it and it burns and you yeah. have to start it over. That's what happens on job. <laughs> yeah. Every time someone makes caramel. I don't caramel. think that
3: happens to her.
1: <laughs> uh, well, she's not on a, 20, a 30 minute time limit. True. True. Right. Caramel takes about five hours to make, I assume. <laughs> right? Sure. Okay. I don't, I wasn't there. Um, okay. So, uh, we're not just here to talk about your wedding. We're here to talk about movie weddings Whoa. or wedding movies, Hi. right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't actually signing out for the first time. That is yeah. what we were talking about. Tra- I was trying to think of like,
0: okay, so wait, I'm trying to think what the difference is. And it's like wedding movies, like, you mean like, like the videography from in, <laughs> me and Jen's wedding? Like, I do have it I guess on the shelf here. I guess what I mean here. is
1: like, there's, there are movies that have like, like uh, a brief you know, scene some in some a wedding married sure. yeah. in Okay. The, yes. You know, like Rachel. Um... <laughs> I think that would be more of a wedding, wedding movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which the movie is about the wedding or centers okay. around the wedding. Okay, you're making um, sense. Yeah, what are some movies that have weddings in them?
3: Oh, that we, got whole, I mean, we got a whole whole. You list. wouldn't
1: consider a wedding movie.
3: Oh, I mean, it depends how long the scene is because I feel like there are like short scenes in so many of them, you know?
0: Beetlejuice, yeah. kind of. Okay. Right?
2: If you say so. If I mean, like one of the Lord uh, of the Rings, there's some sort of... Uh, there will be blood, there's
1: a brief wedding. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, let's see uh, Princess
0: Bride right mm-hmm.
1: uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah that's a good one alright All right. We, we, we did it we hit three I guess <laughs> um, uh, now did you guys watch a bunch of these in the lead up to yeah. our
3: wedding no no <laughs> You get
2: enough trouble planning the wedding that yeah. you don't need the intimidation of seeing a much more perfect wedding yeah. <laughs> on yeah. screen. You didn't have a $100 million budget right. no. to work I mean, we did with. incidentally watch the Philadelphia story fairly close to the wedding, I would say. That was only a couple of months. It was whenever Criterion put it out, yeah. um, which is a good place to start, because I think we've seen all seen it quite recently.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. I think you said you just watched it for some reason.
1: No, I was going to watch it on Valentine's Day. Uh, it came down to um, that or When Harry Met Sally. We went with When mm-hmm. Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know Tyler had seen it recently. Mm-hmm. I thought David had mentioned it too. Yeah, no, I think we talked about, I think I told you that I had almost watched it. Okay. <laughs> uh,
2: well, at any rate, uh, The Philadelphia Story is a very good wedding movie. Mm-hmm. It's perfect.
3: Um, it's like a perfect movie.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
3: It's, you know, you have Katherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart kind of at the height of their powers, arguably, all three of them. Jimmy Stewart won his only Oscar for it. Um... And it's, like, a legitimate love triangle, which I appreciate. Like, there's so mm. many movies where one member in the love triangle is just a plot device. And yeah. I get frustrated. I'm like, why are you wasting my time with this person? They're not an actual, like, member of the love triangle. Like, I This feel like is what
1: I call the David Schwimmer in Six Days, Seven Nights character <laughs> who only exists okay. to only exists to make the viable option right. look more viable. Yeah,
3: and it's just so, fr- like, I feel like The Notebook does that. Like, James Marsden, it's just, like, in a an inconvenience almost but like I feel like in the Philadelphia story they're both very viable options the first time I saw it I didn't know where it was going Mm
0: -hmm. you know I'll suggest this if the groom-to-be were played by a more prominent actor I think it would have been a quadrangle because he's not that bad of a guy yeah first He's revealed to be not even that much of a cad, but just very, you know, has a very specific idea of what, of who his wife should be and that kind of thing. But that's not revealed until later. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So if he were played by somebody of the status of Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart, I think we could see the like, Oh no, she actually does want to be with him. And these two other guys are messing things up, but because he's played by someone who's lesser, I feel like, no, I don't recall, uh, his name. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and I think it's a perfectly fine performance, but I do feel like, oh, I, I almost feel like it's a missed opportunity to, like, complicate things even more.
2: But you have to figure, like, just the dramatic arc of the story. You can't figure she's going to go through at the wedding as it's planned.
0: I guess not. I mean, although, actually, I kind of like the idea that she that she would, like, if it were a good guy and it's just, like, her ex-husband's an asshole <laughs> who just wants to mess things up. And then this uh, this interloper, this reporter right. guy, I, I like the idea of uh, just this madcap uh, kind of thing. By the way... Don't worry. According to my Twitter account, in which I recently put out a this or that between the Philadelphia Story and bringing up Baby, Philadelphia Story uh, did win. Well, bringing up a baby's a better movie. So, whoa, <laughs> <Hat> take.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hot take, hot uh, take.
0: I don't know. They're very different. It's always interesting, like when you when you put the glasses on Cary Grant, you know, and I was like, oh, is he supposed to be like Nebuchadnezzar or something? Like, I recognize yeah. that he's he's not as suave, but
2: he's right. still pretty damn suave. I don't know. I feel like he plays the awkwardness very well. Like he I can't just, even like, conduct a phone call in a I guess that's decent true. Way.
3: I mean, Bring Up Baby is probably funnier, but I think the Philadelphia story is a more, is like a richer experience overall. It's, I think it's more emotional, it's more romantic. It just yeah, has this is more why
2: comedies never win Oscars.
3: <laughs> They're both comedies. Except
1: for Tom Jones. Sure, that's, that's true. <laughs> but you guys obviously haven't listened to the movie journal we just recorded. Oh, <laughs> shocking! She talked about Tom Jones.
3: Right. Um, another thing that's interesting about the Philadelphia story, which is kind of like I wrote some notes about general trends and themes yeah. in movie weddings, is that at least based on movies, but I think in, you know in real life too, you know, back in old timey times, we'll say um, it seemed like only the upper classes had really big weddings, right? Because you watch so many old movies. And then they're like, we're going to get married. And then the next shot is them coming out of City Hall. And that's like insanely common. And it's really only like things like this, where like they establish that the family is very rich, that you see like a big affair, which is funny because like now everyone is expected to have something that stretches them financially. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to look back. And I don't know when that ended. Maybe like the seventies or eighties?
2: Yeah, that'd be interesting to figure out. Cause yeah, and especially in the forties or thirties and forties, you'd have those movies where like someone would call up their mother and be like, Mom, I just got hitched.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part <laughs> yeah. of that, like during World War II especially, well, well, sure, like, yeah. even before you know, it just seemed like you just went to City Hall. Right. And it's like the big affairs were for only the one percent. So I think I was struggling to find some older examples of this. And then I of like wedding movies, I think that's why Because a lot of times they just go to City Hall. What
1: is the oldest like uh, poor person wedding (laughs) movie on (laughs) your like not rich Um, person like you know you know what I'm saying like what is the oldest movie like
3: Um, uh, I mean the
1: Deer Hunter is uh, obviously the whole first act is a wedding and those aren't rich folks but that's seventy eight. And well, it's, it but it's takes still takes place in the Vietnam era, so it probably takes place 10 years earlier. Okay. Right? And
0: it's still a big event. That's, that's the right. other thing. Like, it's not a small affair. In fact, it just goes on and on. Um, so, yeah. I, it's that, my you, favorite part of
2: the movie, It is definitely my favorite part of the movie. I <laughs> love that whole section of the movie.
0: It's difficult because I do not enjoy spending time with any of those characters. <laughs> Certainly not when they're drunk. Uh, plus that thing with, like, the wine dripping on the wedding dress. Like, oh, no, that's a bad omen. That, oh, I forgot there are a lot that. of things I like about that movie, but not... I don't think, by and large, I like it that much. I just overall. like it when they dance. Yes.
1: I don't think the movie is that great
2: overall, but I yeah. do like. I'd like the, to see it again because people really turned on it. But I always loved it. Hmm. But I haven't seen it since early college. If that, it's effective in a lot of ways. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel
0: bad because, like, clearly I'm supposed to like be really invested in this wedding sequence. Like, <laughs> like, oh, these guys look—they're they're all hanging out and having fun, and like, I don't—I would not like. I don't enjoy spending time with these people. <laughs> but, uh,
1: um, and then Heaven's Gate kind of did the same thing with the graduation yeah, totally. at the beginning, which I also think is great. Uh, I, 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 think is- I, like, I like Heaven's Gate more overall than Deer Hunter, though. Interesting. Hot take.
3: Well, I is think it really an hot take? Probably not anymore.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> I think also, like, we should, cl- I'm only talking about American culture right here. Because well, yeah. in, in the Deer Hunter, isn't it like some other culture? It's or?
2: A, they're like Polish-American, aren't they? I don't oh, think okay. they're actually Polish because I have a Polish friend from high school who okay. claimed that they were Polish to be like, yeah, our culture rules, right? But then I looked it up and they're like think it's some Russian. other I think it's Russian. Eastern European thing. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah.
3: okay. I feel like it's maybe more common in other cultures to kind of spend a lot more money on right. wedding. And that's always been true regardless of, you know, financial level. But I'm just. Talking about, you know, Americans here. So. Uh,
1: maybe I think. Because they're Polish, because I'm remembering the 1998 Claire Danes movie, Polish Wedding. Did you ever see that?
2: <laughs> no. But why would you? Well, it's
0: <laughs> because I saw that, and it's a big wedding like that. And it's weird, because that one also ends up
1: in Vietnam. <laughs> right. with like yeah. Of, uh, oh, okay, now I get the connection. Very improbably. Like <laughs> but yeah, starring noted Poles, Claire Danes, Gabriel <laughs> Byrne, and Lena Olin. I can see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Lena Olin's at least Swedish. That's close. Getting <laughs> Geographically, we'll Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, um, but the other thing I like about uh, Philadelphia's story is that it uses, it assumes that the wedding will naturally bring out a lot of emotions in people, which I think having got, just gone through a wedding ourselves, we've felt a lot of that, mm-hmm. uh, just in different family members and different factions, like giving their opinions and insights that aren't necessarily wanted <laughs> or bringing up old grudges that... <laughs> have just long simmered. Um, And that's also true of Rachel getting married, which I think inevitably we have to get to. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably the best wedding movie
1: ever. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, that sounds right. I'm not budging on the
3: Philadelphia story. All right, fair enough.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rachel getting married. I only just saw it last year for the first time and
2: completely loved it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's it's tough because
0: I guess it is like the, the, I'm sure we'll I'll, I'll think of, of others but I feel like I think it is the best wedding movie because yes there's all this drama but the wedding itself does seem fun. Yeah, yeah. like really. You still fun. get a
2: long scene of people dancing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and like those toasts which at some at, you know occasionally yeah. just like oh boy these just keep going but at the same time it's like But everyone does seem to be enjoying each other's company, and everyone seems very happy for, was it Sydney and Rachel? Like, I'm trying to think, like... Yeah, I can't remember. uh, Sounds right. Tunde out of Bimpe? Yes. That's it, yes. (laughs) Um, And the same to you. (laughs) Um, That sounds mean, I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, and I feel like... uh, But it's it's hard for me to think of it as, like... Because I think of weddings as, like, really just... Really fun occasions, and really, yeah. but which Rachel getting married officially is, but it's just paired with so much awkward, difficult emotions. But that's that's okay. That can be part of it as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was your guys' experience when you got married, but like I said, that definitely was a part in ours. Is there's just like a lot of family stuff that just comes bubbling to the surface. Mm, there was a uh, not so
0: much. Th- that uh, or at least not on that day. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean like leading up to it because it's the oh, same okay. thing of Rachel getting married. It's like the days before as right, everyone just right. is gathering together and maybe they don't hang out
1: as much as they used to. And yeah. so David family drama. I think honestly, my mom kind of protected us from it because <laughs> Basically, we decided to have, like, as far as family, like, pretty much immediate family and their significant others only. And then it was all our friends, which is yeah. easy for my wife, who comes from a very small family and that are so spread out. They don't, like, see each other that often. Whereas me, like, basically, it was the, the, the reason we did that. It was, it was because we ended up having about 80 something people at our wedding. If we had invited my extended family, it would have doubled. <laughs> yeah, the, the wedding. Yeah, we, yeah, I have, sure I have such a huge family. And so I, like, have later learned that there are maybe some aunts and uncles who are a bit peeved. Uh, and cousins and stuff that were bit peeves that they weren't uh, invited, uh, and they had told my mom about that. Ah. But she, uh, I think, uh, commendably, didn't mention that until <laughs> yeah. much later. Yeah, that's, that's great. the other
3: thing is we may never know the extent of the drama because people don't want to tell us about it.
1: Sure, that works well, too.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: I will say that uh, for me and Jen, like we got married a while ago, um, coming up on thirteen years, and you know we are both young we're 23 and when you're 23 even though like okay well we we've graduated college but you don't totally feel like a full-on adult yet. right and so when the actual adults are, <laughs> are giving opinions it doesn't yet occur to you that you can be like yeah we're not doing that oh yeah um In retrospect, you know, like if we were to get married now, having gone through some of the stuff that we've been through just as grownups, be like, yeah, no, this is this is for us. I know it's theoretically for you, too, but we're the ones that have to live with this and think back on this terrible thing that happened. (laughs) And again, it wasn't that terrible of a day, but there are things that. Things were included that we wish had not been, and we wish that right. we had just like stood up for ourselves more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, uh, we wish that we had had a wedding planner. By the way, listeners, if you it, it, get a wedding planner. Even if it's just a day of wedding yeah. planner. It we, makes did, all yeah. the we did the day of thing. It was yeah. great. It's yeah. yeah. all the difference.
3: Um, uh, a yeah. movie that addresses the struggle. <laughs> the of wedding planner? The wedding planner? <laughs> uh, oh, no. I was going to say dealing with your family is Father of the Bride, which I've only seen the mm-hmm. original one. Has anyone seen the? I've remake? never seen
1: the original, actually. I've only seen the. I've only Steve seen Steve most Mark
2: of the <laughs> remake on TV. I've seen okay. both.
3: Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think I saw that movie a long time ago, but I think it. I kind of would think about it periodically when we were planning the wedding because the whole, you know, conflict of the movie, as the title would suggest, is that Spencer Tracy has this very, you know, particular vision for the daughter's wedding that he is planning and paying for, and hers is different, um, and it's the source of a lot of tension. And I know. I think one of the things was like he wants to invite all his friends from his business associates or something, mm-hmm. um, and I it never, you know, got that bad for us, fortunately. But I think. You know, your parents have a vision of how your wedding is going to be. They've maybe never talked to you about it, and you only find out about it <laughs> when you say, hey, we're going to do this, and they say, what? Um, but I just feel like that movie, and maybe the sequel, I don't know, um, kind of does a good job of exploring that dichotomy. And then at the end, I think Elizabeth Taylor is kind of just like, I'm going to do whatever. <laughs> you know.
0: I do wonder, though, uh, the idea of like parents having a very specific... Idea. my parents had two boys and I do feel like being like, there's, there's a reason there's not a movie called like father of the groom. That's like, I do think that like parents, because the parents of the bride are like, I don't know if this is the case anymore, but like for a long time, like they were expected to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And so they probably bring a lot more, Uh, expectations and I guess the idea it's like oh we're giving our daughter away and so they have they probably have a much clearer idea like my mom really didn't weigh in much with our wedding because Mm. she wasn't that involved Jen's parents were much more involved Um, let me Scott
2: your family did they have opinions on the wedding they had loose desires that they didn't really bank a ton on okay but I think it's also the cultural notion that weddings are more for the bride than the groom. Right. And so naturally right. the parents would kind of inherit that with it.
1: Yeah. Um, we did go the more traditional, like none of these parents did pay for most of our, our wedding, but they were great. I think there yeah. was just, they didn't have really any, I think there were a couple of people that they requested that we invite and, Maybe someone that we requested the, that they requested we not invite, um, but that was about the extent of it. And I showed up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it, it was. It went great.
3: It's interesting you mentioned the gender differences too, because one of the things that really frustrated me throughout the wedding planning process is how infantilized I felt at every single turn. <laughs> um, no one else at this table would. Right, right. understand about that, but it's like the way people talk to you, it's like you're an actual child because people will say like, are you excited for your big day? And like, I have recently watched old home movies of me when I was like eight on my birthday and that is the exact thing my parents Uh are saying to me on these videos about my birthday party. Like, it's just, and they're like, are you excited to be a princess? It's like unbelievably condescending and like also,
0: how many different answers can you give to that? <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, you know what, honestly, thumbs
2: down. Not happy. Can't wait for it to be over.
3: But just like the language people use, and they also think that like they can win you over on sentimentality. So like I was looking at venues and they'd be like, I'd be like, how much does it cost? They'd be like, well, you really fall in love with it. I'd be like, how much does it cost? Be like, this works on other people. It doesn't work on me. You know, and they just feel like you'll be won over and you'll fall in love with things. And I got so sick of it, um, which is... Uh, why I retroactively relate to Bridesmaids because, you know, obviously the main things we remember about that movie are like the comedy and the female friendship, but I think it's also the villain of that movie is the wedding industrial complex like it's just <laughs> things are constantly getting out of hand at every turn and you can kind of sense like Maya Rudolph plays the bride and you can kind of sense she's not super into it Yeah, yeah. Like, she plays that really well she does yeah. and I think it's like she's almost just indulging it like for Rose Byrne's sake uh-huh. like yeah. Rose Byrne is very into it right? and there were times like planning our wedding where I'm like you know what it would just be easier to say yes but like that's not who I am but I can understand that temptation you know and how even at the scene at the end of bridesmaids at the wedding my Rudolph is kind of looking around and being like what happened here <laughs> like how did this become this way and it's like girl I get it like
0: yeah literally to say yes is to silence people to say no is to just welcome more and more <laughs> until yeah they finally until you finally do say yes and like all right we got her yeah, yeah. Bridesmaids. I forgot about Bridesmaids. That's yeah. a, that's oh, a that great was, movie all around. That was yeah.
1: one that I uh, Natalie and I watched because um, neither of us had seen it uh, in, until we were about about ready to get married, and we decided to to, to watch it. Uh, it's pretty funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like when uh, Melissa McCarthy has all those dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best part of the movie.
3: What did she say? She's like, I may have overcommitted myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: Something like that. <laughs> I do like. <laughs> <laughs> you just became like 75. Like, it was pretty funny. I like when she had all those dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's just like really... <laughs> she is good in that movie, though.
1: Um, the other one, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm hoping it's on your list, uh, a movie that Natalie and I watched. Uh, one of my, Probably one of my favorite movies, of, uh, top 50 maybe, uh, top 75 of all time. Uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm-hmm. I've actually did never seen it.
3: It's
1: great. It's, it's so great. I wanted to watch um, it to prepare for this episode, but
2: yeah. I did not get around to it.
1: But it is also kind of... Uh, I mean, I think it's the the movie is kind of anti wedding. Uh, I mean, especially that's yes. that's when they end up spoilers for the end of <laughs> weddings and a funeral. When they end up together, they vow they propose one another. They vow not to get married. That's yeah. the whole like thing after we've been through all these all these weddings that are sort of like sort of the joke is that they're interchangeable you get the same like vicar or whatever at different different weddings and uh, everyone's just uh, going through the motions and uh, bringing up it just brings up resentments or (laughs) you know jealousies and stuff like that but it's all very very funny Um, and in true uh that screenwriters' fashion. I'm forgetting
2: Richard his name. Curtis. Richard Curtis. It's
1: yeah. a it's a very sweet romantic comedy that also is full of people saying fuck all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, have you seen it, Julie? Okay. No. You remember the opening scene? Yes. Is it's like the fuck scene in The Wire, yeah. where it's just like the word fuck, <laughs> like probably pro- at least a dozen times before anyone actually speaks a line of uh, of dialogue. <laughs>
0: it's a it's a much better movie that, than I think people remember. I think people, f- I think they think of it as like, oh, it's a, it's like a just a just another romantic comedy. It's like Notting Hill, which is actually also a pretty good movie, but like it's like Notting Hill or any of those other things. Like, yeah. No, 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 hang on. Like, yes, I recognize who Hugh Grant would become in <laughs> in the '90s and how he would be used. But this is the thing that kicked that off, and then they like sanded some of those edges off. Not that he's remarkably edgy, but the movie is. Shockingly edgy. It remi- it's definitely. I think it's a lot closer to something like when Harry met Sally, which is not <laughs> necessarily hard edge, but it's not overly sappy and sentimental either. I think.
1: Yeah, uh, um, I'm going Not that that's a wedding movie. Sorry, um, yeah. I'm not
3: sure. I realized that it was like that. Like this is kind of like surprising to hear.
1: It's great. Yeah, yeah. and the um, the 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 title is not just a clever title. That's literally the structure of the movie. Oh, I assumed <laughs> that. <much. laughs> and the funeral is the most moving it really like, is yeah. yeah um the the great actor john hanna uh gives a gives a eulogy yeah. that uh, uh i'm going to cry if i start thinking about it yeah. so let's move on it's <laughs>
3: funny too cuz like when you google wedding movies you get the same dozen movies from the late 90s and early 2000s that usually have bride or wedding in the title uh-huh. they're <laughs> like this is clearly the only thing you want i'm like foreign films anyone <laughs> no um but yeah there's there's other ones out there. Well, what
2: was... I could not remember the name of the foreign film we saw
3: last year. Those from, like, Israel or something? Oh, yes. This is on my list. Right. So, it's called The Wedding Plan. It was from 2016, directed by... But it, I think Birchstein. it came out last year here. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Oh, okay.
1: And she made um, something... The movie she made before that, I, I saw. Okay. That I'm forgetting the name of right
3: I now. I don't know the name of that either. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that movie... I didn't unconditionally love it. Because yeah. um, I it pitched itself as a rom-com and because of that, the ending was kind of jarring to me, but in reconsidering it for this episode, I'm like, Oh, maybe it was kind of a satire. <laughs> um, but it's also interesting. I love watching like popular entertainment films of other countries because you don't normally get those in America. Yeah. You know, that kind of started in the fifties when people are like, Hey, you hear about this Ingmar Bergman, like his movies are crazy and they have nudity. And like it kind of set a template where like the only fo- Pre- really the only foreign films that we get here are a type. They're Have like, a certain
2: pedigree, a certain
3: pedigree, more artistic, whatever. So it's fun. Like when we went to Japan a couple years ago, like I was just scrolling through all the like movie options on the plane. And I watched this wacky Japanese comedy mm-hmm. about a family of telepaths. That, like, you would never see in America, you know, some like Kino Lorber isn't gonna pick it up or whatever. (laughs) But, like, it's just fun to see just like cultural differences and like what the popular entertainment is of other countries. And, like, maybe this isn't popular entertainment of Israel, but it felt like it. I don't know.
2: I can't remember the central, like, hook of the movie even now.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, sorry. Okay, well, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the hook is great. The hook is that this woman, she's like in her early thirties and she's engaged. So they're looking at wedding venues. She books a venue and then she breaks up with her fiance, but then she decides that she's going to get married anyway. So (laughs) it doesn't matter who the groom is. She's like, I have this date at this venue. I'll find a groom by then. I'll figure it out. And it gets right up to the day of, and you know, it's like kind of a suspense movie in that way. And she meets different guys along the way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting because obviously you learn about Israeli culture because part of, one of the conflicts is that she's kind of more traditional and orthodox and there are other suitors who are not, and that's not jiving with her. Um, but it's also, if you view it as a satire, it kind of applies to America too because I feel like there are some women who just want to get married so bad they kind of don't care who the groom is. Right? They want the wedding and they want to be married, but they're not super picky about who it is. So, you know... It wasn't an entirely successful movie, but I think it was charming and culturally interesting and maybe a satire.
1: <laughs> so I looked it up. Roma Burstein's pre- previous movie was also a wedding-centric movie, but much more of a drama. Um, it's called Fill the Void, and the premise is that a, a, a woman's older sister, who was married, dies, and then the cultural expectation is that this girl or young woman is to marry her mm widowed widowed or whatever Mm -hmm. brother-in-law and she's trying to decide whether or not to go through with it as her entire family wants her to or do her own thing Um, also not entirely successful but an interesting uh, movie okay anything else foreign this is fun
3: yes um, there was a movie from 2014 or 15 maybe called wild tales Hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. Yes, I thought of that today, and I was so excited. Um, Wild Tales was actually nominated for the Best Foreign Film Oscar, I believe. So it's an anthology film from Argentina. It has six vignettes. That's basically the collective tissue is people going wild. It's just like, (laughs) that really is what it is. It's just people, you know, in all senses of that word. So the last vignette, and I think the longest, kind of the, the main one, if you will, it's at a wedding, a very big wedding, and at the wedding, the bride discovers that the groom has been cheating on her. So this would be a very dramatic and tense situation anytime. but you add alcohol, you add their entire family, and you add that it's a movie called Wild Tales, <laughs> and it just gets insane. Like, it escalates so high. Yeah. It's really funny. It's really messed up. <laughs> I didn't see where it was going. <laughs> Um, but I would definitely recommend that because it, like we were saying, like emotions run high at a wedding, like for better and for worse. Um, so they just kind of take that to a comic extreme, I would mm-hmm. say. And just
2: like how someone can snap when something starts, when their perfect day starts to yes. <laughs> fall apart, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even if the, the circumstances aren't as dire as they are on that film of like someone cheating on their. You see that happen. I think a lot or like even by my brother's wedding, he had a very specific idea for how events would go and some things didn't work out and I could see like him starting to come apart a little bit as they did.
3: But yeah, it's not every vignette is as successful as is to be expected with a movie like that. But I think it's a lot of fun overall. Um, That director is working on the $6 billion man. And no, I did not misspeak. It is adjusted for inflation.
2: (laughs) Uh, The other foreign films I wanted to mention are some Ozu films, uh, Late Spring, Ah, Equinox Flower, and Late Autumn, which are all about daughters getting married. And they're kind of equally from the daughters and the uh, father's perspectives. Um, But they're really interesting, not just as like views of post-war Japanese culture and how they approached marriage and the expectations placed on young women, but especially they take place in different decades. The late spring is from the forties. Equinox flowers from the fifties and the late on from the sixties. I don't know how you keep these
1: like, <laughs> those movies are like the, the guys in saving private Ryan where like they all have the same, <laughs> they all have the same outfit and haircut. And so I can never remember like which one's early summer and which one's late, late <laughs> all, ha, like I can't, how many have you seen? Uh, I, I, I can't even tell you <laughs> because I, I can't
2: keep them straight. Cause it used to be, yeah. I mean the ones I haven't seen, I have no idea which ones they are, but as soon as I've seen them, it somehow locks in. I don't know. Um but yeah, so you see the kind of evolving uh extent to which women can start to claim uh their destinies and how they start how they feel about the futures changes over those decades. Um they're all really interesting and extremely moving. They don't involve like the wedding itself, but it's so much is about like putting together a marriage, I suppose.
3: And isn't there something I, I can't remember if it's one I saw when you were telling me about where there's this sense in at least that era in Japan where they're like What's the point of having a daughter? Like, you raise them and then you marry them off, and then there they go.
2: Yeah, because at that time, especially, the daughters would go live or would, in some way, institute or come together with the husband's family. Like, their parents would move in with them, or they would move in with the, 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 the husband's parents to start with. But the daughter's family would just get, like, you know, maybe weekend visits. Um, so they'd really, I mean, it really was giving away a daughter in a very literal sense. Yeah. Late Spring is so sad. <laughs> it is.
0: I mean, it's beautiful in a lot of ways, but right. it it certainly ends on a on a sad note.
2: Yeah, but it's like you know you got to take the next step in life too.
0: No, it's, that's the thing. Is like it's it's it is very touching. It's not. I don't. I don't mean to say depressing. Right. It is just. It's sad in the way that sometimes taking the next step totally. can be sad. Yeah. yeah. Um. And. Along those lines, I was, I was going to mention that, um, you know, a lot of the wedding movies that I think of, I think it's arguable if they're even considered wedding movies. They're, they're movies about like the lead up to the wedding and like the potential crisis of, you know, Oh, I'm making a lifelong commitment, you know, hypothetically, I'm making a lifelong commitment and it's not often that you do that. Like you don't. What like even if you choose like a uh, like college or something like that like okay well I can still drop out or mm-hmm. I can choose another college or I can change my major whatever it is but like aside I'd would say like kids yeah, and, yeah. And, tattoos and tattoos fucking <laughs> <Okay>, a right <laughs> I don't regret this for a minute um, but uh, and so I think a movie like um, the one one of the ones that I thought of was uh, sideways which definitely ends. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. But it's one in which, uh, you know, Thomas Hayden church's character is not exactly one to have like existential crises. I think that's a little bit deep for him, but, but I think he definitely is thing. Like I, I, I don't know if I want to actually do this. Right. You get the impression he's doing it because it's just kind of the, what's expected of him. It's time. He doesn't actually want to. And, and even though the idea of losing his wife, uh, brings him to tears there's no question he's going to cheat on her right right (laughs) i i think it's i think that goes without saying and so i think in that instance it. i don't know if i'd say the film is trying to make any big points about weddings or 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 the choice of uh, to get married or anything like that but i think you know this guy getting married only guarantees that someone's going to get hurt. Uh, and so I think his cold feet uh, are probably the best possible thing that could have happened uh, if
1: only it had actually stopped it. Right. Now, Julie, when you were scrolling through Japanese comedies, did you happen to see Sidewaysu, the Japanese remake of Sideways? Uh, no. Yeah. I don't think that was on the airplane. <laughs> That's real. It's real. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never seen it. Um, David Ehrlich wrote a whole thing about it back when he was at like, film.com or whatever. Wow. I, mean, uh, I really like want to a- see it.
3: Simple enough premise that you yeah. can kind yeah. of adapt but it's just it funny wherever. to But it just reminds me that like,
1: the name is. Like oh. almost like it's like a phonetic, yeah. like Said right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like if some guy was like making fun of yeah. Japanese yeah. people like, sideways. I don't know how you say that in Japanese. Sideweizu? And like know.
3: surely there's it's not like a phrase you can't translate either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like surely there's a way to say that in Japanese, but I don't know, strong brand identification? I don't know.
0: When I um, when I'd heard of Ringu, I was like, surely.
1: <laughs> surely that's not it, right? <laughs> um Yeah. Uh I, want to, uh, I don't know what else you guys, you guys had to bring up but I was. you reminded me, or you guys reminded me, we were talking about Rama Burstein as a director who has made multiple movies about weddings, you reminded me of the great P.J. Hogan who made both Muriel's Wedding and My Best Friend's Wedding right? both wedding movies that I think are terrific. I
3: haven't seen either. I saw oh. My Best
1: Friend's Wedding when I was like 13 or something, I haven't seen it since. I, Muriel's Wedding I think was the right movie for me as a uh, as a as a high schooler because it's about like a, a weirdo <laughs> Like i right. felt like a weirdo i felt like i'm you know i'm outside of like the norm of things and yet muriel like kind of wants some of the norm- and like so a wedding is like a normal thing to do but muriel <laughs> is not a normal person no. uh, and I, I i really felt very uh, the movie is very emotional to me uh, and also very funny it's such a great performance like yeah. i feel like it's tony collette
0: right yeah, yeah. And i feel like we don't get to see I guess she did stuff like you know United States of Terror or whatever but I feel like we think of her as more of a dramatic actress but I yeah, feel like her true. I feel like that performance is so delightful and over the top and goofy um i feel like i'd like to see her in that type of thing more because i think she she could absolutely still do it yeah absolutely but she's you know she's got the accent so she's respectable now
3: (laughs) (laughs) she does make very indie comedies like as someone who tracks film projects for a living i can tell you she's out there but it's just very small projects Mm, that's Um, too bad
1: yeah but you have you have seen my best friends I mean, forever ago. All right. Well, that's a movie I like a lot, too, because I like uh, that the protagonist is also kind of the bad guy. Right. Uh, in the movie, you know, like she oh, likes yes. she's yes. she's basically act, acting out a very selfish desperation. Yeah. Uh, Not and, unlike Bridesmaids in that regard. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, and I like what it does with the Cameron Diaz character of like introducing her as this like i don't know floozy or whatever this idiot this yeah. airhead or whatever and then humanizing her over the course of the movie as we are realizing that julia roberts is behaving abominably <laughs> yeah. um, and she's not the easy you know the easy uh, bad option or whatever right. like so many of these movies uh make um yeah i really like that movie cameron diaz also
0: played uh, a bride in very bad things that's which right. ends with a horrifying wedding. but yeah. Of course, everything in that film is horrifying.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I haven't watched would've... that. I loved that movie when I was in high school, I think because it made me feel like edgy because it's so <laughs> it's such a dark comedy. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that it holds up. I haven't watched it as an adult, pretty much. I don't know if it holds up. Neither have I. Uh, I have feel you guys like seen
0: very bad things? I feel like it would depress me now. I mean, I guess that's probably the idea, especially like, ah, oh, so many... Of course, Leland Orser is in that. How could he not be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, playing like a desperate character. But I remember really liking Daniel Stern and Jeremy Piven. I remember liking the acting quite a bit.
1: Yeah, um, that movie also reminds me though of uh, The Hangover in a way. I was going to mention The Hangover <laughs> in though. the sense, like, because there's a whole thing about how Cameron Diaz wants um, John Favreau. Is that her mm-hmm. uh, fiance? to have his bachelor party early, not the weekend of the wedding. Yeah. Which is so strange to me that that was like a tradition and still is. People still do it. My cousin yeah. did it. It's so strange to me because mm-hmm. that's what the hangover is. It is yeah. like two nights a before the wedding. To not do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do your bachelor or bachelorette party. Like the weekend of the wedding. It when seems did seems like, do your bachelor party. Uh, that was in August. So that was a full month. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Um,
3: Really, leaving a buffer just in case things <laughs> it was go just like
1: hell. that was when it worked out like, yeah. because we went to a baseball game and that yeah. was like when there was a there was a game on a Saturday that like worked out right. for our whole schedule and everything. Um, yeah, so yeah, don't for two reasons for multiple reasons, but the main two you don't want to be hungover right. for your wedding and B, there's so much shit to do. Right <laughs> yeah. your wedding. You can't be jetting off to Vegas. Yeah. Anyway.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the. Or are
2: we going to mention the same movie? Oh.
3: Are we? <laughs> Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bachelorette. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we actually, that was another movie we watched um, before the wedding. And I kind of turned to him and was like, is this the wrong movie to watch right now?
2: I ended up thinking it was the perfect movie to watch. No, right I know. Now.
3: Um The easy comparison is to say it's like a female hangover. But I think it's better. Yeah. And I think it's probably funnier. And it takes like kind of. I mean, just having that from a female perspective is unique in itself, but it also, like, in The Hangover, like, everyone's kind of terrible, which is fine, but I think in Bachelorette, everyone seems terrible, but then you realize that they actually kind of are good people, and it basically, it doesn't end where I thought it was going to end. Like, I thought it was going to, they were setting up to be like, women are terrible, they're all bitches to each other, this... Rebel Wilson actually plays the bride doing a not-the-best-American accent. Very slippery-American accent. Very (laughs) slippery-American accent. Um, I think there's a reason she hasn't done one since. Um, But she just plays this kind of, like, sweet, normal person and her friends seem
2: terrible. Right. Because she's marrying like this total hottie. And yeah. none of her friends are married. And they're like, how does this rebel Wilson get to marry this hottie? Right. It's weird so that her character it, would have the same name as her.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. It's so a strange choice. Not yeah. A choice.
3: So they're like, the
1: Blitter Witch <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're like really nasty about it. So you're, you think you're being set up for her at the end, giving like a big speech and be like, you guys are terrible. I don't need you. I need better. But that's not where it goes. They, don't take that route they're like you know what these friends actually have a lot to offer and really it's just that they hate themselves and that's why they're being terrible well but
2: it also folds in like a lot of the terrible experiences they've had together like they channel them into good ones i think the most obvious example being that kirsten dunst who plays she's the maid of honor right yeah um uh, her and Rebel Wilson used to have bulimia and throw up between classes and high school, uh, a skill Kirsten Dunst puts to use when their friend has possibly overdosed yes. on pills and she needs to make her vomit. Yep. And there's all these little touches like that where it's wow. like all these flaws that they seem to have, they end up channeling them towards good things. And the last act of the movie is just like breakneck pace towards the wedding. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. That ends with uh, Rebel Wilson having a stain on her dress and Kirsten Dunst just saying fuck everyone. Yeah. And that became like the rallying cry.
3: Yeah. But also like just the choreography of that last part right before the wedding is like, it's something out of the West wing. Like it's just the cameras moving everywhere. People are shouting and running and it's like so funny. So it's the cast is um, Rebel Wilson, Kirsten Dunst, um, Lizzie Kaplan, Eila Fisher, yeah. James Marsden. Um, yeah. Great cast. Very funny.
2: I like all of them except Rebel Wilson. I've never enjoyed.
0: Well, I mean, Rebel
3: she's really not in that Rebel much friend. of it.
2: And she's not playing a Rebel Wilson tight. She's very much like the straight woman of the Yeah, piece. She's
3: completely yeah. the straight woman. And also like a big part, cause they constantly have like things driving the plot so for a lot of it it's the dress it's like they mess right. up her dress right. so they're like calling tailors at two in the morning to fix it and like doing all these like hijinks but it's yeah it's really funny it's on netflix still i think yeah, yeah. um so yeah better than the hangover i said it
1: I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it was based on a it was
3: based on a play, which is interesting. That's right. Like, yeah. I they it didn't feel like that at all because in the in the movie they're in a lot of locations because it's in I think New York, right? Maybe. Yeah. So they're going all over town to try to fix these issues. They end up at like a strip club for some reason, as um, one does,
2: and such things.
3: <laughs> oh, because they're meeting up with the bachelor party right. or something, and it's like just the camera work and everything, so it didn't feel like a play for sure. Uh, Another
2: comedy I have on my list that's also a breakneck pace is Seven Chances, the Buster Keaton movie. (laughs) Which is about a guy who has to get married uh, by a certain deadline to inherit a million dollars, I want to say, some fortune from his crazy uncle.
3: Seemingly a common problem in old timey times. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Eccentric rich
2: people are constantly dying and leaving their funds to
1: the whims of fate. Wasn't (laughs) there a more, like a, movie with Chris uh, The Chris Bachelor yeah. The Bachelor that's yeah. the premise I never saw that's the same yeah. premise yeah. And, and I think oh, his okay.
0: grandfather is played by Peter Ustinov <laughs> oddly enough <laughs> sure I don't know why I know that I think because I saw the trailer for The Bachelor I was like is that Peter Ustinov <laughs> and uh, yeah. indeed I was correct it was okay. um, yeah there's uh, speaking of, so that along with The Hangover and that I feel like there are a handful of movies that like Weddings create a really nice ticking clock. Yeah. Totally. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I gotta get to the church on time. Right. And, and that sort of thing. Oh, I guess there's a I guess that's from Oliver, right? Like get me to the church on time, or whatever it is. I don't oh, know. It's I don't know. David Bowie. I was gonna say was I think the one you're who who David Bowie's song. That's that's what it is, <laughs> yes. yes. But Oliver came out before yeah. <laughs> before David Bowie
1: <laughs> did. But, I, I don't know but, about uh,
0: that. Did yeah. he write Oliver? Uh, oh. Turns God. out <laughs> that guy's a genius. Yeah. Man, it's kind of a middle of the road. Um, okay, so uh. Okay. Um so a few of course it's it's interesting. The first wedding movie I thought of was The Godfather. Yeah, that's on my list too. Um and which is, you know, I mean it's a it's not unlike uh Deer Hunter. It's the wedding takes up a good chunk of the of the first act and um, but it's not a wedding movie but it's the f- that and The Graduate are the two wedding movies yeah. I thought of like first <laughs> oh, yeah. and I had to struggle for anything after those okay. It feels weird to <laughs> a little weird
1: but
3: no so. I thought of those quickly too I mean in in a lot of ways they're kind of like set a template because I was like The Graduate, like, any interrupted wedding scene kind of exists in the shadow of The Graduate. Right. I'm not saying that was... Dirty Grandpa. (laughs) Sure. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying, like, that was the first interrupted wedding scene in a movie, but it kind of, like, is the one. And it's just so, you know, famous in its iconography and everything. Um, And then also The Godfather, like, kind of this idea of a wedding as, like, a political stage, almost. Yeah. Because, I mean, on a much bigger scale, you have, like, when people from different countries would get married to like unify the countries, but yeah. that can go, that can be much smaller. You know, it can be, it's like a unifying of families and there's all this like backroom yeah. stuff going on. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, and it's incidentally, um, the sequence in the graduate where he is, you know, cha- uh, not chasing, but he's running towards the, the wedding is, I don't know if it's a direct reference, but I think it probably is the Harold Lloyd film girl shy where he is running to interrupt this wedding, but the character is as often happens in silent films. He has a, a quirk that shows up at always at the wrong time. Uh, he has a stutter, and so like it is just like this mad. Like the last ten minutes are just like right. him, yeah. like jumping from one vehicle to another, just getting closer and closer, and then he finally shows up and just like can't say anything. <laughs> like he just starts starts stuttering. It's like oh, that's really funny because it just like comes to a grinding halt the minute he shows up, but. um, huh. So, so yeah. does this
1: mean Wayne's World was actually parodying Girl Shy and <laughs> <laughs> not Graduate? <laughs> is, yes. the, is the Simon and Garfunkel song in Girl Shy, I guess <laughs> is the question. Yeah, it's just over and over on the <laughs> yeah. loop. Yeah, I like,
2: mean, it uh, depends on what accompaniment track you pick. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Like, yes. that, uh, like that like Notes for version <laughs> that we had yeah. from Walgreens that just had typo-negative songs
1: playing <laughs> Yeah, total like false advertising. Because the, the DVD made it look like, <laughs> yeah, so oh, typo-negative, composed a score for Nosferatu. I would love that. That would be awesome. But it's just like stuff from Bloody Kisses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: undoubtedly. It's like, yeah, Nosferatu might be public domain. Pretty sure (laughs) Teclanita is not. Like, somebody should have gotten sued over this, if anybody cared at all. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, the first time I watched that was, uh,
1: there were like a group
0: of friends over, and it's like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's watch it with the tiger. (laughs) What the hell?
1: Um, okay. Uh, what did you guys have? Anything else uh, you oh, wanted yeah. to? Uh, uh, well,
2: right. The Godfather reminded me that I also have uh, Melancholia on my list, which as is as another film that starts with a wedding that introduces a lot of family members. In I,
1: I was going to because I've been bringing things up in twos. Okay. First, then, P.J. Hogan. I was going to bring up the two Danes who have made great wedding movies: uh, Melancholia and Thomas Vinterberg's A Celebration. Haven't uh, seen A Celebration. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but Melancholy, unlike The Godfather, introduces a ton of
2: family members that then go away for most of the rest of the movie. Because it's like... Yeah. It's, the core family's still there, but there's all these other people who just never show up again.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah like, shout uh, out to Udo Kier's Udo wedding Kier. planner.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, that the wedding, like, but you also have, like, John Hurt. Right. Um well, the, the groom certainly. Yeah. yeah. But I just love that it starts out with this very charming scene that indicates how horribly everything else in the wedding will go from there.
3: Yeah, it's like a, it's like hard to watch. It's like yeah. not a fun wedding.
2: No. <laughs> no. And actually the wedding's already passed, it's just the reception.
3: Right. But right. everyone just seems real stressed out. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: People are going to make horrible speeches. Yep. Mhm. Um Well, A Celebration is definitely worth uh, watching. I don't want to get all, like, film Twitter argument this week and say that there's movies you should uh, watch that are part of the canon that you have to, but uh, A Celebration is, I I think, an important movie in terms of the the Dogma 95 movement that gave birth to people like Lars von Trier's career. So (laughs) I would say watch A Celebration, but you don't have to. No one has to watch
3: anything. If the spirit moves you. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, okay, uh, a few that I... One of the other
0: ones that I thought of, even though I don't really like it that much, is my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, right. Yeah.
3: No, I I thought of that. I, I don't really care for it. I think it kind of hit at a certain moment in time that it really just struck a chord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's, like, very reductive, and it doesn't really try to find deeper truths about a lot of the characters. Um, I think she's just, like... You know, kind of begging the audience to love her and being like, look at my wacky family, and that's about it.
1: I don't know. I remember thinking it it was charming, but part of that is because I uh, had a crush on Mia (laughs) Fernandez and kind of still do to this day, even though the sequel was oof.
3: Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch the show?
1: Uh, I did not watch the show, the short lived. No one did. uh, Yeah. yeah.
0: You didn't have a lot of chances. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, It passed me by somehow.
0: Yeah, I did not really care for it that much. There's a couple things that I laughed at that were as broad as can be. like. And I don't know if this is... It was, it was broad and yet oddly specific. Like her, brother, her, her dad thinking that Windex... Windex, cool. like, yeah. I, I remember being like, that's weird. But it, it made me laugh because yeah. that like there was a moment when something happened and then he burst from out of the frame with Windex and just immediately... I remember being like, okay, that's timed very well. Good yeah. job, Michael Constantine. Um, but uh, that's an Oscar-nominated screenplay, might be, yep. in my big fat Greek
1: wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy. Maybe worth it, if only for Andrea, Andrea Martin's speech about her twin. It is which pretty Which is good. the yeah. creepiest thing and in this like, sweet family movie. There's yeah. this thing about her absorbing a twin in the womb. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah. Andrea Martin is so great. I she was is.
0: just watching this old uh, SATV thing, and I've talked about it before. It's a sketch that... I would say very much inspired uh celebrity Jeopardy as far as like the exasperated host. It's called Half Wits. And so there's and it's just like it's there are four contestants. One is John Candy, Andrew Martin, Joe Flaherty, and Martin Short, and then Eugene Levy is the host. And each one is a different kind of moron. And 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 her character is like one of the funniest things. Uh so Look up half, SCTV wits on YouTube right. and see just how amazing she can be. I also think Joey, Fat, uh, Joey uh, Fatone is mm-hmm. um, really good in my goop. The part, part that was in the
1: trailer. Like, yeah. Hey, we're going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought <laughs> that was funny.
0: Yeah. There's, um, there are
1: moments in that movie. but uh, So I was thinking about this is getting us off, off topic, but uh, you brought up John Candy. And I was thinking <laughs> today, I was reflecting again today about how great. John Candy was we did a whole profile we did a long time on him but I was so I've been as I as uh, listeners know as Tyler you know I uh, joined Letterboxd this year and so I've been going back when I have free time just marking movies that I've watched as as watched and I managed in one day to come across both who's Harry Crumb and Delirious both movies that I don't think would be good it would be very watchable at all if it weren't for the fact that John Candy stars in them. And yeah. as a result, I've seen both of them numerous times. That line in Who's Harry Crumb about the, um, the ransom note, which is cut out of like letters cut out of magazines. And he says, you find this crazy typewriter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
0: and, you know, what, like he this is OK. So I, this is when I sa- sound like an old person. He died so long ago mm-hmm. that I worry that people—I feel this way about Phil Hartman as well, but because of The Simpsons, he's never really going to go away okay, completely. Right. But I do wonder—I guess maybe like Home Alone or something, but I worry that John Candy is going to sort of go away for future generations. Like yeah. People—our parents' generation, our generation, like we we grew up watching him and being like, oh my gosh, like— plane trains and automobiles uncle buck yeah. even stuff stuff like cool runnings and like for for people like us jfk uh is like man yeah. this guy's great
1: uh, I think parents probably still show their kids uncle buck i feel like uncle buck yeah. has got is uh, he's got legs never seen even it though i don't okay. yeah. <laughs> even though i don't i don't think it's the best of his movies by uh long no, shot. no not at all but um, but he is he, yeah. but he's always very
0: good and he's yeah. very likable in it but uh yeah it's uh, i was asking um some of my fellow students at UCLA, if they uh-huh. knew who John Candy was. And they said, Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think they, a couple of them said, Like, yeah, I saw Home Alone. And I was like, Okay. He's the what? best part of Home Alone. He <laughs> is the best part of Home Alone.
1: There's no question. But, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. well, um, was he ever in any wedding movies? <laughs> I'm sure we could find one. But let's just awkwardly get back into the, the topic. Has anyone seen A Wedding? I've never seen it.
2: Yes, actually. I- <laughs> forgot to put that on my list even though i watched it for this episode (laughs) Uh, it's robert altman's wedding
1: movie um
2: it's very it's much more of an outright comedy than i would have expected um there's Mm -hmm. very little kind of dramatic stakes to it uh the little dramatic stakes that exist are that both of the people getting married have cheated on each other multiple times and Mm -hmm. probably still want to be with other people um but for the most part it's just about like The weirdness of two very different families coming together and being forced into close proximity and being forced to pretend like they care about each other and along the way Lillian Gish who plays the bride's grandmother is dead for the entire reception but nobody wants to tell anybody so they, they keep just saying that she's resting and people just keep coming in and talking to her about their lives and how things are going and how the wedding's going and just oh, wow. assuming she's asleep or not paying attention and so Lillian Gish plays a corpse for the vast majority of the film oh that's funny, um, that's really funny. it's a really really funny movie that I highly recommend all right. There are weddings in the following
0: John Candy movies. Uh, Nothing But Trouble. Oh, God. I hate that movie. That is an awful film, and that is, uh, disturbed me greatly yeah. as a child. Yeah. Uh, Spaceballs. there's a wedding. <laughs> okay. Two, two of them, in fact. Not a movie that I think has held up that well? Uh, no. No, it hasn't. Uh, and then I'm trying to think if there's any... All right. Is there a wedding in
1: Splash? I don't know, but I don't like that movie either. He's the best part. Yeah, um, he's the best part of a lot of movies yeah. um, I mean I know uh, I don't know we're, uh, we're all uh, I'm sure Blues Brothers fans to a different extent but the most quotable line in the movie <laughs> right orange whip. Orange whip. orange whip orange whip three orange whips <laughs> three orange whips <laughs> I don't know
2: I always go with the uh, little Dan Aykroyd mini speech before they hit it sure
1: yeah, yeah. that was on the poster I yeah. think it yeah. was in yes. our, our apartment right that's right yeah I think that's the most quotable
3: isn't line. that no that's not what your keychain says No, is it no I can't remember yeah.
0: Then, of course, there's always, you give him a cheese whiz, boy? <laughs> Which is after the horrible, like, yeah. the mall chase. Right. And then they show up and goes, and then this That's old right. man, you give him a cheese whiz, boy? And Dan Aykroyd just pulls the a can of cheese whiz and just throws it to him. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's it the really one good. moment that Elwood Blues is responsible. Yeah, uh, he remembered to get this guy's cheese was. Um, Speaking okay,
3: of road trips, what? there we go. Hey, okay. um, there's a movie called Love Song. from Yes, that's on my list too. Yes, from last year.
2: Yeah,
1: I saw it at Sundance in 2016. Well, good for you. And I saw it at Sundance Next Fest in 2016. Okay. Yes.
3: I just saw Netflix like a goon, (laughs) whatever. But um, basically, kind of the first half of the movie is these two female friends. One of them um, is married with a kid, but her husband's away a lot, so she goes on a road trip with the other friend. And on that road trip, their relationship becomes more intimate um, and kind of crosses that line and then is it several years later yeah yeah several years later um the one with the kid goes to the other one's wedding to another guy and something i think it captures really well is the feeling of going to a wedding where you don't know anybody else
2: yeah totally
3: where you know maybe i think she knows like the bride and her mom or something um and it just really delves into that feeling of like you don't get to see the person getting married that much so you kind of just don't really know what to do with yourself
2: well and of feeling separated from the person that you are theoretically there to see and like making up for that distance but not totally because there's all these other people who are much more involved in her life
1: yeah. Uh, more and it's recently, a natural like you can't catch up with a person when they're in that mode. Yeah. Like yeah. the gentleman alone totally. we meet in the second half is not at all. It's right, so right. different than because she's in you know getting married
3: mode. Yeah. yeah,
2: but they still hold on to the bonds that they had. Like they fall into an easy pattern. It's just that they don't have a lot of opportunities to revive that relationship. I yeah, guess.
3: and you don't. It's not exactly clear how they left their relationship. Right. I think the last you see of them is them being intimate, right? Or- no, they have, like, a
2: very awkward goodbye. Oh, yeah, yeah they have so like,
1: on the yeah, bus. And it, yeah. it's
2: kind of like they're kind of catching in touch over the years. Um, maybe had a visit here and there, but definitely not as close as they used to be. But still yeah. have that, the same, like, affection for one another. Not necessarily sexual affection, but, like, just emotional bond.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, in the latter half, Riley kyos I don't know how to say her name, Kid is played by the director's kid. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that That's the, the other
3: thing is she's always like she's at the wedding with her kids. Right. She yeah. has to like always figure out like who to leave her with. And it's like a whole thing. And it doesn't seem like she's having a super great time, <laughs> but it's like she wants to be there for her friend. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, looking up uh, a list, I wanted to just point out uh, a couple films. One, uh, The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which features uh, a few weddings. And I think a very. Uh, there's not a lot I like about that movie, but I do recall enjoying Steve Buscemi's Best
1: Man toast. Right. Uh, in yeah. that. Uh, and then. Um, is stupid. Like, I, I haven't seen, like, the newer Adam Sandler movies. Does Steve Buscemi always, always still have a role? Like, is he in The Ridiculous Six or whatever? I think he might be. Is he be. in St. I don't Wexler? know about
3: that one, but he's in the new one coming out. Okay.
1: Hmm. And I know that, like,.
0: Was he just replaced with John Turturro? Because, like, John Turturro <laughs> is in Ridiculous 6. That's oh. right.
1: Yeah, because I guess, yeah, like, Steve Buscemi was in Big Daddy was maybe the last one I remember. But then the okay. next, like, um, uh, Mr. Deeds had John Turturro. Right. As, like, the butler with, like, a dead foot or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Buscemi was also in Mr. Deeds. Was he? Okay.
2: A smaller role, but okay. I'm pretty sure. That's uh, weird. That was, that was not a good movie. Speaking of also
0: um. not good movies... <laughs> uh, a film, David, I know you do not care for, but it's a uh, weddings play a big part of it in and out with uh, I I I Kevin Klein. It, I thought you
1: said, you, I thought you
0: really didn't care for it.
1: I don't think I even remember it that well. Okay. Maybe I used to not care for it and now I don't remember it <laughs> <yet> as <laughs> well. Yeah. That's probably a good thing that you're forgetting
0: the stuff you don't care for. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it, I think it's a perfectly fine movie. Uh, Joan Cusack is, I think it's a big, broad performance, but in a way that it's specific because it's Joan Cusack being big and broad. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's uh it's everything is leading up to this wedding and then the characters uh Kevin Klein's character is gay and didn't seem to know it, but other people knew it and then he decides I can't do I can't go through this, through with this. And then you know, it it leaves uh Joan Cusack just in a wedding dress just walking around being angry and I think there's a there's a really nice moment where uh, where she's sitting at a bar in her wedding dress like drinking and then Tom Selleck is there and uh, and he's like he goes oh, I'm I, I'm having a rough day and she's and he knows what happens so she goes uh, excuse me <laughs> and, and he goes yeah you win <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice subtle moment from him as well it's I don't necessarily love that movie but I like her a lot in it and I think I I don't know I just, when I think of like uh, like iconography of a wedding just the idea of that big wedding dress mm-hmm. like out of out of that situation like her in a bar in a wedding dress like hey that's like instant maybe not
2: laugh out loud comedy but it's right. it's so incongruous
1: It's a short like, story yeah exactly <laughs> exactly
2: uh, another obvious one that we missed is the birdcage oh, oh indeed yes yes, yes. Uh, which is not necessarily a movie I love um, but I do think it gets at the way that you have I mean very literally you have to pretend to be someone else when you're meeting someone else's family for the first time um, even though it takes that to a very ridiculous comedic end I think that's a common kernel to start with and I think that's why it works for so many
3: people I told my I, sister not to swear in front of your family see exactly sort of oh really and
0: you did yeah. like an Irish accent Scott it yeah, was really yeah weird. it was very weird there was no reason to do that
2: <laughs> in front of a Jewish family
1: yeah. <laughs> he just uh, panicked <laughs> I do love the birdcage. I was literally just thinking about it today when uh, Rob Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane how to talk about sports. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. how do you feel about that blown call in the football game? How do you think I feel? Betrayed? <laughs> 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 um,
3: another one, if we've entered the lightning round phase. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, um, we're, we're, we've
1: crossed the one-hour marks, and now it's just time lightning to... Lightning <laughs> round, all right. Yeah.
3: Um, I love you, man, I feel yeah. like yeah. is like... It's not a masterpiece, but I think it's actually like pretty good. It, it is. Has, it's really good. It has my um, my boyfriend, Paul Rudd, in it. And it's also like... Not Scott, to, not, did you know about this? He does. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, not to be like, there aren't enough movies that approach things from a male perspective, but like a lot of wedding movies are from the female perspective, and it's actually... It's refreshing to see a movie about weddings from a male perspective where the guy doesn't view it as like a foreign terrible thing he just has to deal with. Like yeah. he's very into it. He loves his future wife. He's excited well, that's for the, the whole wedding.
2: problem is that he's too into it. Yeah.
3: yeah. But it, it's just like, you know, There's so many movies where it's like the dumb group right. just like, yeah. doesn't know what's going on and doesn't care what the centerpieces look like. And it's right. just kind of like, like the wedding scene, a little hostile about the whole thing. Yeah. But like, you know, to tell a wedding related story where you have a guy who isn't like that is like refreshing.
2: Yeah, for sure, and yeah. it gets at like the way that men, I think, should and have to find some kind of foothold in the wedding, yep. and again takes that to like a ridiculous comedic extreme where he has no friends who he can enjoy the day with, um, but it ends up very touching. I had made a very conscious uh,
0: decision uh, during our wedding planning. Like, I am not going to be that guy. And I think I probably wound up being kind of a hassle. Because, <laughs> <know it. laughs> like, 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 Jen and her mom... Tyler, were, all right. What are your thoughts on the set of pieces? Like, more
3: flowers!
0: <laughs> I want to not be able to see the person that I'm sitting across from. Uh, mostly because my dumb in-laws. I'm joking, of course. Barbara, I love you. <laughs> um, but, uh... But yeah, and then that's the thing is like so much, so many like wedding movies from a male perspective. If they're not if they're not supporting characters, then it's about the bachelor party, like right. and, and including the film Bachelor Party starring yes. Tom, Tom Cruise. Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs>
3: hmm? What? What's up? Never mind. I think
0: I know who's in Bachelor yeah. Party. Thank you. Okay, sure. I Tom Selleck. <laughs> absolutely, like in In and Out, which yes. is kind of a spiritual sequel.
3: Yes. <laughs> Um, Also, shout out to the ending of the Forty Year Old Virgin for turning into a musical yeah, number. Sure, can't <laughs> say I saw that coming. It's such a ridiculous musical <laughs> number. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know
1: what? I've been saying for so long that *Knocked Up was my favorite *Chad Apatow* film, but I think *Oh, Forty Year Old Virgin* it oh, reminded yeah. me of the musical oh, <laughs> number, yeah. I think maybe 40 Year Old Virgin* because
3: it's just so unexpected. You're like, well, all right, the yeah. wedding's over. I think we're done here. Oh, oh no! Oh, there's more. <laughs> yeah. And it's age of Aquarius. It is age of Aquarius, which doesn't really make any (laughs) sense. But I think emotionally is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the only
2: successful use of the dance party ending. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good. Hmm. Yeah. Hang on.
0: That's a
3: spinoff episode right there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That actually is a spinoff episode. All right. Maybe not next week, but soon. And for the rest
2: of our lives. Well, how many live action? I was going to say it's parties? mostly animated movies that go with a dance party ending. Yeah, and it is usually pretty annoying. Yeah. there. What was the uh, Fantastic
3: Mr. Fox? Though.
2: Well, that's true. That's a good dance party. Yeah. There you go. A good the thing. end of Saving Christmas. <laughs> sure. The Kirk uh,
1: Cameron did you film? Say so. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It's deeply uh, off-putting. Okay, I felt like um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. What okay, it was. sorry.
3: One more I have is uh, conversations with other women.
2: Yeah, which I, love I don't that remember movie.
3: anything about except that it was good.
2: Hmm. It, well, they're like the guests at a wedding.
3: Yeah. No, I remember like the premise. So yeah. it's uh, Aaron Eckhart and Helena Bonham Carter and they're guests at a wedding that like don't really know anyone else or they do or. Right. Yeah. And they basically it's kind of like if you took before sunrise and put it at a wedding, they just. Kind but of they actually
2: and... know each other. Oh, is that...
3: <laughs> OK, cool. Yeah. For,
2: they had like a whole past together
3: oh right oh but that's like maybe revealed right that is revealed okay mm, it's
2: right. very well written and it ha- yeah. the big gimmick is that it's shot with, in split screen for the entire movie right oh um, when
3: did this movie come 2005 2006
2: yeah. I, was it, oh, at, <laughs> troubling, troubling! paradox. <laughs> I, I think it's listed 2005, but it might have come out in 2006. Okay. I can't remember exactly. I know I saw it in Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's a really good movie, and it's one of those completely forgotten now. And understandably, it's not like going to blow anybody's minds, but it's really well written and really well acted. And the gimmick, I think, is more than a gimmick. I think it. Yeah. Really becomes quite captivating.
3: Yeah. I'm. I'm kind of sad mm. that Aaron Eckhart couldn't have a better career. I know. He's it's like really great.
2: He was always, I feel like
0: probably, was the height of his career as far as like visibility? Was it Thank You for Smoking?
3: I mean, The Dark Knight. I was going
0: to say, the, I guess there's that, but like. He's not. I, I I think is a leading right. Yeah, yeah, probably that. And then uh, he was in the remake of No Reservations, right?
3: Yeah, sure. He just was like he just,
2: he, yeah. There's a string of movies after Thank You for Smoking. Yeah, where it was like that and like Love Happens.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't all I these bad, that one. but like even in the bad movies, he's good. And like he came into my office one time and it was really nice. <laughs> and I just want good things yeah. for him. Well, and I really like
2: conversations with other women that Helen Obama Carter just plays like a regular woman. Which
3: Her hair's happens, still crazy. Well, yeah, but she can't yep. help that. But um, so, no, she can't, but...
1: Just a little backstory. <laughs> Conversations with a Women premiered at the 2005 Telluride Film Festival, but did not open theatrically in, uh, in any country. In France in June of 2006, okay. and in the US, and Canada and the U.S. in August of 2006. Who directed it again? Uh, his name is Hans Kanoa? Hmm. Oh, Kenosha, okay. Hans Canossa He's only made one film since then. The uh, similarly wordily titled <laughs> "Memoirs of a Teenage Amnesiac." Oh boy! Wow, this guy's got a lot going on.
3: Lots to unpack there.
1: Alright, any other questions about Hans Canossa?
2: His, <laughs> his storied career.
0: His press conference <laughs> yeah. will
3: conclude. I mean. It'd be funny
0: if he had like four upcoming projects. <laughs> like He just does two movies and then, okay, sorry, what do we got? What else do um,
3: we got? I think that's maybe it for projects. I did want to mention from one of my notes, um, so in college I had the privilege of taking a class on sex comedy movies mm. which was great. It was maybe my favorite class of college, but I think the full title was like The American Sex Comedy 1950 to Present or something like that. And and something we talked about, because we started it a little before 1950, which will make you view old movies in a different light, perhaps, is that when people got married in old, particularly like screwball comedies, they were literally getting married, but the marriage was standing in for sex. Hmm. So when the production code was implemented, obviously they had all these new censorship rules about the way they had to depict things. So normally these movies would be like a seduction arc where someone, usually the man, is trying to you know win someone over and have sex with them. So when this censorship was implemented, they're like, okay, we'll just change that to marriage. So if you watch something like It Happened One Night, which is mm-hmm. one of the first movies made Brian. after The Code, yeah. the ending of that movie is not, I'm so excited to build a life with you <laughs> and have kids. It's oh hallelujah we get to have sex
1: <laughs> the walls of, jericho, the walls come of jericho
3: come tumbling down and it's like when we were setting that in my class i'm like oh my god that's so true and it's like if you just kind of mentally replace like them getting married or someone proposing with like let's have sex like that's really what it is um sometimes the woman is the aggressor like in my man godfrey it does happen um but kind of from the 30s through the 50s. That's why a lot of times it's just a shot of them coming out of City Hall, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not what the arc is. It's not right. a romantic arc. It's an arc of seduction. Um, so that was just something that was interesting to me about old movies. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. Great. Um, I was going to say something about all that, but I... Uh, yeah my, my mind's, I'm already in Mexico.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. We haven't mentioned yet in this episode, but yeah, I'm leaving for Mexico in the morning. So going to Cabo Wabo, Mexico, <laughs> Cabo Wabo Cantina. That's what I call me. I call it Mexico. I'm actually just going to Hollywood gonna Cabo Wabo It's sweet, such an immersive experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. You just
3: feel like you're there.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks uh, for coming and talking movies. Yeah. yeah of course. Uh, with this, this was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll, uh, soon we'll have you back to talk. Honeymoon movies, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, honeymoon is that a in Vegas. I was gonna say, yeah, um, not that many movies, uh, yeah. Well, our honeymoon's
3: um, in June, so we have that long to think of some, okay. Yeah. yeah,
1: um, yeah. Wait, what's the um, uh, what's the Charles Gordon one? Um, The Heartbreak Kid, The Heartbreak Kid, that's no. a honeymoon movie, right? I don't know,
2: <laughs> is <laughs> right. it? Oh, uh, there's a honeymooning couple in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall,
1: okay, yeah, that's La- right, right yeah. Lotta Lant. Yeah, that's really about... Yeah. Right. Spin-off Spin episode! <laughs> yeah, that's spoilers for our honeymoon episode, which we'll call Honey Movies. Uh, uh, now we can't do it. No, we're
3: busy for the rest of the year.
1: <laughs> Alright, you can find uh, us at Uh most of us uh, at BattleshipPretension.com, uh, if not all of us on occasion. Um... You can email uh, me and Tyler at David at com or Tyler at com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davey Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at TylerPretension. Um, More Than One Lesson is back, I hear. It is back, yes. Yeah, um, the discussion of A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time. It's just me by myself, uh,
0: and then it's, it probably won't be a weekly podcast yet. It'll probably be two or three times a month, but I'll do what I can.
1: Alright, uh, where can we find you guys?
2: Scott and Julie? Uh, at com, where I've uh, just reviewed uh, Ishmael's Ghost, the thoroughly strange Ishmael's Ghost. It's not up yet, David. It's got up <laughs> by the time the listeners have heard this.
1: Okay. <laughs> I think you call me literally like, oh, that wasn't up when I left.
2: <laughs> I'm posting it when I get home. Okay. Don't you worry. Uh, and writing about uh, various subjects relating to Ingmar Bergman as it's his centenary and he's very much in the air. And at CriterionCast.com where we will be shortly talking about The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, Also a very good, uh, not really wedding, but relationship movie. Um, yeah, that's all, I think that's all I got.
3: June. I'm not really on social media. I'm the... Anonymous editor of the American Cinematech's blog. Oh, yeah. I just posted something there. Oh, yeah, you did. I (laughs) edited it. I wrote about
2: the wonderful stop-motion film, uh, Tale of the Fox, from 1937.
3: Yes. So that is AmericanCinematech.blogspot.com. Yep. Um... Also, if you have any entertainment data needs, um, <laughs> check out Variety Insight. Um, we describe it as IMDb on steroids. It has a lot of great information on films and production. If you're trying to you know, make a career in anything relating to the film industry, um, call us up. Tell them Julie sent you.
1: All right. Well, thanks uh, again for joining us. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. you. On your nuptials. <laughs> Uh, Thank you at home for listening. Congratulations on your nuptials. They exist. (laughs) And thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.